know, thank you for for coming into the recharge room. Uh, our friends at Discover NEPA um, not only sponsor the Accelerate Track, but this room as well. So if you've got to charge your cell phone, plenty of plenty of chargers over there. Get some coffee, relax. Um, we uh, look forward to to a good conversation. Uh, now it's a lot to live up to after said kick this off, but I think we could totally do this. So uh, I'm excited. Uh, my name is Joe Boyle, and I'm the executive director of Wilkes-Barre Connect. Uh, and this is our second episode of the Wilkes-Barre Connect conference and very excited, very delighted to have our good friend, Dr. Alexander Dale from MIT Solve. Hey, thanks. Thanks for having me. Well, right off the bat. So the amazing thing is I got to meet Sharon and a lot of the team when I was up in Boston at the Innovation Festival conference. It was absolutely amazing and just fell in love. And we're going to hear more about what what you guys do. But when we reached out to have you a part of our conference, blown away by you're sort of familiar with this area. Yeah, no, I have. I have. I wouldn't say I'm from here at all, but I have a bunch of different routes. Um, So my wife's family lives up in Mountaintop. So they're a, you know, 15 minute drive away. Um, and we have a four-month-old daughter, so they're very excited to have their granddaughter home, and uh, we get some free babysitting while we're here. Um, and the other piece is that my whole mom's side of the family is from Archibald Jessup, Scranton. Um, they came over from Czechoslovakia, Poland, um, came over. It looks exactly like that. I got the chance to go over there when I was uh, younger, and the, the similarities between the landscapes, you can see why they settled here. But it was uh, coal mining, which is certainly not, a, not an easy job, but that's the legacy here. Um, and so I grew up spending a whole bunch of time up uh, in that part of the woods as well. So it's great to be able to come back and talk about such a different vision for the region. Yeah. Well, hopefully you got a little inspired, saw a little so inspired. little bit of a, a peek inside. I know we were so so glad that you were able to uh, be a part of our welcome reception last night, got to see our Think Center. Um, and as we mentioned, uh, the pressure behind me to have uh, the Holly Paul Ca- Pill Cabbage and the entire Cole Creative team behind me, uh, just really part of the movement of, of what are you, we're are doing. Are you worried they're going to like yank you out of your chair if you don't go? I, yes, I'm like feeling the heat come <laughs> off of me right now. But no, and I think, um, you know, um, we keep pinpointing Holly, but, you know, what she said this morning is mm-hmm. exactly what we're trying to do here. We're trying to show uh, that transformation um, in getting that platform and the opportunities for people such as Holly, that when new stories are happening, when you want to know about what is really Northeastern Pennsylvania, that's who we want representing us. So, um, you know, to, tr- to transition into to, um, to what you do and, and what we love, um, you know, particular is really through the chamber of help growing our community and focus on that and trying to solve problems. Um, you are doing that on just like a little bit more larger scale than we're doing, bit. just a little bit. So why don't you tell us about MIT Solve and what you guys sure. are doing? Sure, yeah. So Solve is is a little bit of a different scale in some senses. So it's an <laughs> initiative out of MIT's president's office. Uh, MIT has this kind of long history. It goes, started during the Civil War, really with this focus on how do we discover new technologies and then help bring them out to the world to make the world a better place. Um, it's a uh, was started with as a charter of the state of Massachusetts. Interesting uh, pieces there, but it's also with that mission. It's a college of twenty thousand people in a world of seven some billion, um, and it can be a little bit elitist occasionally. Um, <laughs> and so President Reif's goal that with starting Solve was to say there are really big important problems in the world. There's a huge amount of social and environmental tensions. Um, MIT has a, a brand and network, um, the ability to convene people. How do we open up the doors to MIT and make it so that people all around the world who are solving all of these problems for their communities have access to a network that can help take that work forward? Uh, so what we do is we uh, put out 
big open innovation challenges. We scope four big topics each year. We work on, I'll say, some small buckets, uh, health, learning, economic <laughs> prosperity, and sustainability. Uh, so some smallish topics there. Um, we'll pick some specific things within that. So early childhood development or healthy cities or circular economy. So how do we design waste away from the system in the first place? Um, we look for ideas from anyone around the world. We are business model agnostic. So nonprofits, social enterprises, for profits. We like all of them. We are geography agnostic. We're affiliation agnostic. You don't have to have an MIT connection to apply. Uh, and our goal is to find the most promising uh, solutions that are going to cause a huge amount of impact. We are we can provide then a whole range of different connections, whether it's people at MIT who can help think about technology, whether it's people at a lot of different companies uh, and other organizations who can provide different types of business model or impact mentorship. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, everyone needs money, um, but everyone needs different kinds of money. Some people are looking for philanthropic grants. Some people are looking for impact investment. Some people want to take that venture route and they want to go, you know, 10 times growth in five years. I think they're crazy, but that's fine. <laughs> um, sometimes that's the right way to go for impact. Um, and so our job is to, to find the best people anywhere in the world and help them succeed. And I think what's been most inspiring about my job is is we see that the best solutions are showing up in in the communities all around the world. It's not someone in Boston designing for um, Wilkes-Barre. It's some it's people in Wilkes-Barre designing for Wilkes-Barre. And and that's what I love about MIT Solve the most and, and the platform and everything that you're doing. It's just that open invitation, an open invitation for people to be a part of it. And now you'll announce the new challenges beginning of next year, uh, March. Yeah, in March. We're in the process of designing them now. So open to ideas on, on what we think is the most important thing. I think for me, it's exciting to be here because we get to talk to a lot of people and see you know, what topics are resonating here. And often we see that those topics are facets of, of a broader theme. And that means that when we put out some topic, it will resonate here in Northeast PA. It'll resonate in uh, Brazil. It'll resonate in France. It'll resonate in uh, Thailand. And, and that sort of range is amazing. In the club of innovation that you've built from that. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, Wilkes-Barre Connect, looking forward to becoming a member of MIT Solve yep. and being a part of that community, I think is just something that really resonates really, really well here in the community of being affiliated with, with, with uh, your organization. But again, I think, you know, taking a cue from that, um, you see the vision boards now that are out there, a monster four by eight boards that now I know why the whole staff was yelling at me that they're too big. They're monsters. But one of the, one of the challenges we have up there talks about MIT Solve mm -hmm. and the focus of, you know, in Northeastern Pennsylvania, how can we start to solve some of the challenges facing our society, our community? And I think the model that you've presented, I think it gives us an opportunity. So where, where do you see Wilkes-Barre Connect really benefiting from from MIT Solve and really understanding that Solvathon approach to how you address problems. Yeah, I think there's a few different pieces. And I think this is an active conversation within our team as well as how do we make sure that this model does come out and, and is really useful to places? Because I think there's so much going on here already that we want to make sure we're not the like coastal elite coming in and saying we have all the answers. Uh, and it's, But I think there's, there's a few different pieces. So one, we do a lot of work on challenge design. So thinking about how do we scope problems? How do we make sure that the problems that people are tackling as uh, organizations, as communities, as individuals are really well scoped, are going to drive impact, are not driven by a love of some specific technology. I run into a lot of people who are obsessed with blockchain or obsessed with <laughs> AI or other things. They'll talk to you all day long. Yeah, they'll it. talk to you all day but, but fundamentally what I care about is are you looking at the right problem? Right. Um, and so, so we have some workshops and, and materials on how do we get people together? How do we talk about that? How do we pull out the right problems that we can all agree on? 
so that we're aimed in the right direction, right? That's one piece that I think we have a little bit of learning on that we can share and, and, and bring here. Mm -hmm. um, the second is that Solvathon piece. So we do, um, many people might be familiar with hackathons. I think that's an idea that's in vogue. Mm -hmm. um, and my experience with hackathons is, I'm, I'm a little bit down on hackathons in some cases. I think they're often kind of weekend long pieces. You get people really excited. They're often very tech focused. It's let's write some code to try some things out. But they're also, you have to have a whole weekend. Not everybody does. And they tend to, people tend to leave and then the ideas kind of drift off. Mm -hmm. um, and so what we've done with Solvathons is is two pieces. One, um, the goal there is, is that you're starting from something. So stuff that's already out there, um, stuff that you're maybe already working on, and that you're focusing on the impact model, the business model, the communications model, as much as you're thinking about, okay, what technology do we need to build? If you're going to spend the time, I can crunch on code all sorts of different times. If I'm going to bring 60 people together who have a whole range of expertise, you got to tap them for all that different expertise on all these different pieces to figure out how you tell a really good story of what you can do, again, solving this problem. Um, and the second piece for us is doing them in a way that is well our challenges are open for submission. Mm -hmm. So everything that gets talked about at a Solvathon goes into that platform so that even if your team walks away and never thinks about it again, it's public, so people can see it, people can build on it, people can take that up and say, oh, that's an interesting idea. We're doing something similar. What can we learn from that? Or even, can we join your team? Right, and I think those sorts of models are, are really great, right? How do we think about the right problems? How do we create spaces that people are empowered, not just to think about tech, but to think about all the impact in the business model as well, um, and really drive that that story forward? Yeah, you, you've, you've found a way to capture innovation and creativity in markets sometimes that feel left out. Mm -hmm. And not that we feel left out here, but we're not Philly or Pittsburgh. And, and we know that. And I think from our standpoint, um, it's okay. Yeah. You know, we're, we're Wilkes-Barre. We're Northeastern Pennsylvania. We have some amazing opportunities here. We have some amazing things that we're working on. Again, you got a chance to meet some of them this morning. And, you know, you see the way that, you know, from, from our standpoint at Connect and really what the whole focus of this conference is. We say educate, motivate, inspire, but... It's really to bring the community together. Mm -hmm. And when you, you you get a chance to meet people, I know you got a chance to meet some folks last yeah. night. Um, and and uh, um, I think this is the 10th time now I've mentioned Holly's name in, during this episode. <laughs> but, um, you know, what Cole Creative is doing and having creative meetups once a month in that Think Center that you were mm -hmm. in last night. And providing a platform for people maybe that never had one before, a chance to come out. And, and, and just express your views and get a chance to talk with other people. So I feel as if we're building that. And I think, you yep. know, your role coming in is going to be critical then to help us understand, okay, we've got the right people here. Now what's next? How do we do this? Right. And I think there's actually two more pieces that we're, that we're in progress on that we're thinking about. So one is we know that entrepreneurship is intimidating to a lot of people. They care about issues or they're interested in it, often students, um, but we see this around the world as well. But there's a lot of jargon in entrepreneurship, right? We talk about different forms of capital. We talk about, you know, building a good pitch, telling the right narrative. We talk about all these different, you know, revenue model and business model and all the different terms there, customer discovery, market opportunity. <laughs> Those are scary terms. And if you don't know them, you can feel excluded from the spaces. So particularly, I think the comments this morning about building a more diverse space in NEPA as well is really relevant there. So one of the things that we're doing is building an, an online short course that's focused on you know, how do we demystify some of those terms? And in particular, how do we demystify them for a social business model? 
So thinking about impact opportunity, thinking about the very scary term theory of change, um, <laughs> or thinking about the idea of you know going to scale with an impact opportunity, which doesn't mean your organization gets huge necessarily. It can mean you replicate things. It means you can work with other people and partner. Um, and so we'll be building that so that anyone has access to it um, and to help people feel more comfortable in those spaces. But I think that idea of you know monthly meetups where it's really explicit that people can belong there, really explicit to have some tools so that they they feel like they're allowed to come in there even if they don't know everything. The second piece that, and this is you know early stage pieces, we know that 80% of VC dollars in the country go to Boston, New York, San Francisco. Yep. And I'll say like Solve, we, we have submissions and we have a lot of interest from across the US. We're a little bit better, but 60% of our US solvers are also in those three cities. We know that that does in no way right, reflects the amount of innovation and interesting ideas that are happening around the country. So one of the things that I'll be um, working on within our team is how do we do more events and more connectivity across the country um, away from those uh, coastal areas for better or for worse. Yeah. Um, and uh, they're going to be just place sea level rise anyway. So we want to be in, in inland. Um, <laughs> it's true. No, we can talk about that tonight too. Um, <laughs> But, you know, how do we think about what, again, what can we be useful for? Because there's so much innovation that's happening. And so what I'm seeing is both lending that visibility, you know, solve, MIT can offer a little bit of a spotlight to mm -hmm. say, yes, this stuff is happening. And, yo, folks in Boston, you should pay attention to it. Um, but also, okay, what can we share, whether it's expertise on AI or blockchain, coming back to those, <laughs> there are people that want to use those technologies and we have some expertise, we can bring some of that. But also, how do we connect people that are, here in Northeastern PA with people who are in Minnesota, who are in Oklahoma, who are in Denver um, and, and other parts of the, of the country and who are doing similar sorts of work in their own communities. I think there's such an innovation buzz these days. People have, are finding that pride of place. I think the internet is helping us do that. Mm -hmm. And I think it's really inspiring to see that and how can solve as this meta entity that sits across a lot of this stuff help connect some of that in a way that we have capacities um, that can augment rather than replace things that you're doing. Yeah, well, Wilkes-Barre is signed up. We're ready to, yeah. to, to be in that first group uh, that we take on. And, um, you know, looking forward to the challenges that are coming out as well. Um, you know, we really got introduced to MIT Solve really late. Uh, and so it's never we, late. We, we're rolling. We do stuff all the time. So. Um, but you know, I you know some of the challenges last year that we looked at. You know, I immediately thought of some local companies, and like you, you, you sometimes forget all the innovation that we've got right here in our backyard. So you know, I just applaud you for allowing that innovation, creativity from our community to be able to push out in such a global global aspect. And I, I think I have to make a plug and say, if you're still deciding on the challenges. Maybe financial literacy yeah. is one. Uh, we just heard a little bit about just that. Just heard a little bit about uh, financial literacy from, from set in school. Then you got a chance to, to talk to a, a, a Moby yep. uh, last night. So, um, you know, looking at that, you spent some time to think, Center. what do you think about the space? What do you think about what we're doing at Connect? Um, I think Connect is amazing, right? It's, it's this space where you've pinpointed both a, a regional aspect, right? We talk about how it's on the, all the different interstates, it's near these different markets, but it's a little bit, so you have this logistics piece and that you have all these different higher ed institutions. I love spaces that are higher ed clusters. I think I've spent my whole life in them. <laughs> Pittsburgh has a whole pile of different universities, um, DC certainly, and now in Boston. Boston is, we'll try to bout beat you on that one. But, uh, <laughs> but it, it's really great because students are so excited and they're, and they're such so willing to learn and willing to dive into stuff. And so the ability to put those different pieces together um, with the Think Center in a way that, and we were talking about this a little bit last night, where 
people are willing to partner. They're willing to get involved in stuff and, and not feel like they have to own that particular piece of it. And that's so inspiring to see because it means you can really build stuff that is for the good of the whole community um, and really does connect people. It doesn't have to sit over here and people don't have to come to one particular institution. They can come to the center and everybody can meet and mingle. Um, so I think that's that's really amazing. Um, on the challenges note, I want to pick up on that in the financial literacy piece. So we are actively figuring out what the challenges will be. Um, we know that the sustainability topic is going to be around food and food systems. Um, there's a lot of work there on land use. And I think there's a huge amount for Pennsylvanian farmers Absolutely. Um, who are not the like giant uh, tractors, huge swaths of land, but much more in con command of their land. They, they have that connection and thinking about how do we bring really good practices both across Pennsylvania and learn from here and bring it to other parts of the country. Um, within the learning, health, economic prosperity, I know in economic prosperity, we're going to look at inclusive innovation. And a big piece of that is how do you make sure people feel empowered to go be part of the economy in a, in a good way? I think financial literacy is a natural fit there. Um, so we'll, we'll see where all of these different pieces evolve. But as I say, that's an active conversation. Um, we want our challenge design process to be open and inclusive. You can go to our website right now and help pick topics. We have a whole uh, online voting system to help do that. Um, and, and our goal is that we're finding things that are impactful, that we're finding things that have a cluster of people that will help support them, right? If we're going to go pick a, an important topic, but there's absolutely no one who's going to help support the uh, solutions, it's not going to do much good for the world. <laughs> so we try to balance that. Um, and we try to find something that's useful for solve to tackle, right? I think there's, there's a lot of problems out there that are, will be better approached by different entities, right? Some of them are better bounded by, they really need a, t a deep tech breakthrough, something that's going to come from academic research, mm -hmm. something that's going to come from a whole bunch of people throwing way more money at it than I have to, to offer. Um, and, and there's other spaces where really the limitation is, is policy and government. And, and we're going to have to find a way to build some solutions that make government change on different issues. But I think there's a bunch of spaces, financial literacy is definitely one of them, where a little bit of technology I think school's a great example. Mm -hmm. And a little bit of thinking about deployment, business model, how do you get it out to a lot of people is a great space of, oh, yeah, if we point a bunch of innovators at this and say this is an important problem, they will find ways to to tackle it and build something that's really amazing and can scale across a whole lot of spaces. Absolutely. And, I, you know, I got a chance to, to, to meet some of the folks in the challenge last year and uh, whether it's workforce, mentorship, different mm -hmm. components or early education, um, just, just amazing what's going on. And so in that vein, we're. What, what, you know, what can you pinpoint as, as, the, as the one, maybe the one story that you love that has come out of Solve so far? So my favorite, I, I do sustainability, right? So I mm -hmm. care about climate and people and, and how, we do, how we build communities. Um, so my favorite comes from our Coastal Communities Challenge, um, which was two years ago and basically said, yes, huge chunks of the world's population live within about three meter, uh, 10 feet of sea level. We're expecting about 10 feet of sea level rise over the course of the next, you know, 80 years. This doesn't look great. Um, <laughs> but also, there's a lot of communities in that space. We worked with the city of Norfolk um, down in the Hampton Roads region of Virginia. It's the biggest naval port in the world. They've got a huge amount of infrastructure. They're also doing this sort of how do we think about innovation. They have a different focus there because they've got a different set of transportation connections. And a lot of people peg them as, oh, you're going to drown and you're doomed. And they don't want that to be the narrative, right? They want it to be hey, we are the people that helped figure out how we manage this, how we respond to it. And so we put out this challenge and we said, okay, give us all your solutions around resilience, around dealing with sea level rise, around thinking about how we plan for it. And we got a really amazing uh, solver from New Orleans. Um, her name is uh, Julia Kumari Drapkin. Um, and she basically saw that lots of people 
in all these communities just didn't feel like their voices were heard and the city wasn't really planning with good data on the ground. Um, Lots of cities these days are working on, okay, where do we invest so that when floods come, they're better managed? Um, But the models aren't perfect um, (laughs) and people aren't necessarily involved. And so what she was able to do is she has a platform where people can say, you know, today my street corner flooded and hey, it floods every single time that this happens. Or, oh, it's really unseasonably warm here in the second week of March. And these flowers are out and they're not normally out. And thousands and thousands of other little reports from specific communities and from around the world. And so this platform then helps you ground truth things. You say, oh, we should build the green infrastructure on these corners, not on those corners, because it doesn't actually flood over there all the time. Um, And it also helps create a narrative for the people in that community, particularly those that don't have the time or the wealth to go come to community planning meetings because they're at bad times or other other spaces. And so for us, um, what we were able to do is say, okay, let's get you some of the resources to help build out some AI tools on that so that she can do the natural language processing to kind of put that together and help create a little bit of information to send back to people to improve the platform so that when they're looking at specific issues, they can better uh, fit that data into government or, or construction models. Um, and that's been, we've been able to push $125,000 of AI support towards her. And now she's been, she's been able to get to a whole lot of new uh, cities and towns along the Eastern seaboard. So Boston, but also Miami beach um, and this connection to Norfolk and other places this is a really amazing story because she was initially really reticent to apply. She said, you know, I've done a lot of these. They never seem like a good fit. Um, and, and we pushed and we said, no, th- this is your challenge. And she joined up and it's been so good. We've been able to build such a great set of connections for her to be able to help. She's a great storyteller, but have help her tor- tell that story on a much bigger stage and to be able to bring that tech lens in um, well, changing how we plan for climate change. I think that's a really great encapsulation of what Solve has to offer. It's amazing. It's almost it's, al- it's almost something so simple, yep. yet so impactful, so effective. I mean, I think I think that goes back to this idea that finding the problem is the more important piece, right? When you figure yep. out the right problem, the solution is it's if you have the right set of stakeholders in mind, the solution is often a lot simpler than we think. It's when we try to take a problem that is best addressed by technology and we do it with government or vice versa <laughs> that stuff gets messy. <laughs> Okay, this is the second podcast now. I think we're railing on government again. I no, think no, no. I, well, so, I'm, I'm heading down the wrong path. No, no, no. So, so I will say there are lots of things <laughs> government should do, and I have a lot to say about the power and, and real need for government in a lot of these issues. Um, we can talk about that for – I can talk about that for a long time. I don't want to rail on government. But. <laughs> no, no, it's okay. Yeah, it's free. Yeah, you can, you can do it. We'll, we'll keep we'll keep it between us. No. Um, we're, it, we're literally recording it, so no. But. No, I know. So, yeah, no, I think government, like like what Seth and I talked about earlier, I think government has a role and impacts education, yep. sometimes good and bad. And I think, you know, they, you know, it is what it is. Right? We'll leave it at that. It is what it is. can be better. Um, I think there's a lot of space for technology to help it be better. Oh, tremendous. So. Tr- tremendous. Even if you look at some... You know, like a local, our local region here, yep. that you know, municipalities who some have like a population of like five hundred people, and how are you going to have a zoning official or a code official? Right. It's just you just don't have the staffing, and so and so, how do we build tools? We our challenge, one of our challenges this year was actually around community-driven innovation, and one of the big focuses there was how do you help governments do a better job for their citizens? And so we have a few solutions that are focused on that, and I think what's really interesting is one of them is from um, is from Colombia. And they're like, okay, how do we help Colombian governments be better? But I think there's so much there. You read through it and you say, oh, yeah, I could apply this to the various towns I've lived in. There's a lot of pieces here that would work other places in the world, too. And that sort of trade between parts of the world, we think of them as really far away. We think of them as having a really different context. And they do in a lot of ways. But sometimes the solutions are really nice to share as well. 
Absolutely. And, and, and talk about more too, you know, so when you come into the challenge, um, you go through a process, you get the finalists, they do the presentation, they, they do their presentations at the end, ultimately select, talk about some of the, you, you've mentioned a little bit, but some of the resources then that you bring mm-hmm. to those organizations, those community groups, those leaders, those innovators that come through the, yeah. through the process. Yeah. So we, we got about 1400, uh, submissions last year, about 105 different countries represented. It's a, it's a pretty good pool. Um, we can always grow it. Um, we'll down select to about 15 finalists in each challenge. Um, so 60 overall, we bring them to New York, we give them some pitch training, we're going to put them on stage in front of a lot of people. It's a fancy, brightly lit stage, it's a little intimidating. Um, and we're going to select eight eight teams out of each of those challenges. So we have 32 great solver teams for this year. We know that picking one would make no sense. These problems are too big, we need lots of approaches, and we want the diversity that comes from that breadth as well. And we want them to have a cohort so they can support each other. What we're going to immediately offer them, everyone gets $10,000, which is kind of Come, it's the opportunity cost of coming. Um, we have a bunch of prize funders, so we gave out about uh, 1.2 million dollars on pitch day, in often in 25 or 50 thousand dollar increments. It's for people who are working on specific contexts, specific technologies, specific geographies, and that's really important because it helps them move that work forward um, in those specific areas. But I think what's more important is the partnerships that those prize funders make. So, for instance, we have a long-term agreement with General Motors. They've been involved in some of our workforce development challenges. They've been involved in our circular economy challenge this year. And beyond the prize money, which is great, um, they'll put together internal teams and say, okay, come out to Detroit. Come look at our factory. Come talk with our employees. Let's figure out how we would bring this into this larger scale. Because the gap between an early stage startup and a big company like GM, as I'm sure you know, there's a gap there that need, you need some support to close. Mm-hmm. Um, the other piece that we offer to all the teams is we spend the next month doing a really detailed needs assessment. Because of the diversity of teams that we bring in, everybody has different stuff. I said, right, I said everyone needs money, but everyone needs different kinds of money. The same is true for needs. Some people have their tech nailed down and they really need some help figuring out their business model. Yeah. <laughs> um, some people have um, a really okay business model and they've just never figured out how to actually tell the story because they're coming from just a totally different background some people have some of these pieces but they actually need to hire someone to go help them do some of these different this stuff um and and others need some combination of all those different aspects plus some geographic uh support right investing or building a business model in nigeria very different from building a business model in uh, atlanta (laughs) (laughs) and so thinking about Okay, who in our community? Because we have you know hundreds of companies, nonprofits, government, multilaterals, uh, and a lot of different expert judges. They can be mentors. They can be experts. They can connect them to a whole network. And that's our goal, really. We want Solve to be not an incubator or accelerator by itself. We, everyone's all over the place. We want to sit above that level and really be able to augment what people are already getting from those programs. And instead, we want to provide another layer of exposure, another layer of networking connection, and another layer of access to capital. Yeah, and, and I think that that's so important. It goes back to the education. You talked about, you know, that next iteration of starting to build those programs and help to provide that education is so, so critical. I, I, I'm, I've become a fan of Kim Kalp from the co- co-founder of the Superfan Company. Um, actually, her uh, creative director is, is going to be speaking tomorrow on a mm-hmm. woman leading innovation panel. Uh, Abby Downing, but she um, launched her series on the the new LinkedIn platform, and it was an amazing focus on entrepreneurism. But what it means, like truly, like 
what how the impact is on your family and what that means on your social how much life. it and, consumes your life <laughs> yes and, and and i think so much you you meet some of these these folks that are just innovation just amazing they're spot on at what they do but boy oh boy they can't sell or they can't market they can't do certain things so i think or they're, they're just in over their heads on life all of a sudden like yes. they got in and they said this is amazing and i'm passionate about this and they jumped in and oh my god is it deeper than you expect it to be one of the things that's been really interesting for me is um, watching these cohorts and they come in and they say, okay, well, Solve can give us some access to some mentors and maybe some money. Great. But what turns out to be is that they also get this network of you know other peers who are working on similar problems, who have gone through similar challenges, whether it's in the same geography or not, whether it's in the same exact topic area or not. And they end up having those peer-to-peer connections, which are really, really strong and really, really important because entrepreneurship can be really lonely. Right. That's the, the one of the biggest pieces that I think we don't talk about is when you're in there and you're working an 80 hour week, like it can be really lonely because there's not a lot of people that are doing that. We, we could use some more, but like you have to find connections across a lot of places and giving people. Yes, these are people who are you're on a WhatsApp group with and you can text each <laughs> other and you can figure out, you know, give each other some moral support on that. It makes the journey a little easier. Yeah. And, and I think, you know, again, MIT Solve is a perfect platform for that. You know, it's come with your creativity, come with your innovation, you know, you're going to find people with similar, um, you know, mindsets, similar, um, you know, outlooks of, of how they're trying to to uh, develop a solution and identifying a problem. So I think you really bring that together. And I think um, it, it's a great model. And for us, I think, you know, again, talk about Solvathon, what we can do here, what what MIT Solve offers mm-hmm. um, for us to help have our own type Solvathon. And I think, again, um, for us, just being able to get in that mindset of you don't have to be this world-renowned entrepreneur or anything. It's come with your idea, come with your innovation, and start to build that community. Yep. Um, so I think what we're hoping to see in next year, and we've talked about this a little bit, so I don't think it's surprising to you, maybe surprising to others in the room, is to see you know a really great Solvathon event, at least one, maybe more, mm-hmm. um, that happen here you know at the Think Center. It's a great space for it um, and brings together let's say eight, you know, interesting, early, early stage, you know, prototype scale company uh, innovators that are thinking about all sorts of different problems, right? A few of them are more on the for-profit side, a few of them more on the nonprofit side, but they're thinking about, you know, how do we drive impact on social problems and giving them a day that is 50, 60 people from, you know, the audience represented here, right? The people who can talk about marketing and creative and, and design, the people who can talk about okay, how do we do industry connections and, and build some stuff that really happens in physical space um, or happens in digital connections and really gets to customers um, and give those folks that are just starting to think about it the space to say, to give them the permission, right? To use the quote from the panel. Give them that. the permission to work on the idea, to give them a day to shine and to give them space at the end of the day to say, yeah, pitch this to this group and put it to solve and, and so, so the world can see it. But also know that at the end of this, the reason we're doing a solvathon with uh, Wixpair Connect is because this is also a community that can help take these ideas forward even beyond today, regardless of whether we do things at the national level, whatever, or the global level, like that there is support here that can tie back to that. But to really, it's a space then to focus on social innovation, which for me is, I think, where I hope a lot of innovation spaces go. Because I think there's no reason that anyone who's doing entrepreneurship shouldn't also be thinking about impact. They're so Absolutely. tied in all these different ways and making that explicit and, and Solve can be a part of give it, providing the tools and the, the spotlight to make that 
comfortable, permissive, right? We're a big institution and we're saying impact matters and we're going to put money behind it. And it's okay to do that as well as trying to make some money. Well, I, I'm just beyond excited to be able just to to just mention MIT in the same sentence as Wilkes-Barre Connect and 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 for us, I think it's represented by the gigantic four by eight they are, they board are out there now. Send my team. Uh, you can't you, you can't miss it. Um, so I think for us, I think um, you know we're excited about that opportunity. We're excited to see where this goes, and I think um, you know just to to get your initial feedback. I know you you um, referenced a little bit Chris Nash's line this morning. You know, give yourself permission. I absolutely loved. But what I love, and there's a reason why we call them the Connect Avengers. Mm-hmm. You see those seven individuals up there, um, just so impressive. And just to hear what it took for them to get there, I think, you know, just hearing, you know, the, those students out there who may be thinking or mm-hmm. trying to understand what entrepreneurship is, um, you know, the sacrifice it takes and, and, and what it means. But I think all seven of them are all about impact, Yep, which I love. No, I, I loved hearing that. I loved hearing the impact. The other piece that I love hearing, which I hear again and again as I've gotten to spend time around the country, is the these spaces develop and they thrive and communities thrive because people have a, a pride in place, right? And the, the pride in place for uh, Northeast PA is really amazing. It's great as someone who has some roots here, who connects with it, who who when people in Boston say, "Why? What are you? Where are you going?" <laughs> uh, I said, "No, no. There's a lot of really amazing stuff there. It's got a great legacy. It's got a great space of you know outdoors spaces. There's bike trails. There's uh, river trails. There's hunting, fishing. All these different spaces. And and to get that sort of pride in place is so it, it makes things work, right? Because it gives you roots that people can build on, so that when people say." I don't know about this place. I don't know about, you know, sticking around, you know, for college, after college. It gives them something to hook on to. Um, and, and then to say, hey, I care about these issues. And those issues exist in this particular way here, too. And I can work on them here and make an impact because there's, a, there's capacity. There's a network. Um, I don't have to feel like I'm, you know, the one fish swimming upriver. Yeah. There's a lot of people swimming upriver with them. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And I think um, talk about a little bit. Um, I feel MIT solve as well as as you can see we're very active um, not only in our colleges and universities and our high school level too K through 12 is becoming a space where we, we see we could really generate some some impact locally but you see the different generations and we talk about um, <laughs> Zed and I spoke a lot last night about um, we love hearing businesses fret over the millennial generation and it's like okay well Generation Z already had their first graduating class yep. Are you ready? And they're different. And so, but I feel like MIT is a great platform that these next generations, their their love of community and, and, and making impact, I think it, it ties in well. I think it ties in really well with Solve. We talk about a little bit about generation solve sometimes as a term, but I think, right, as a, as a millennial, super proud to be a millennial, super impressed with what Gen Z is doing, right? Mm-hmm. From a climate perspective, they have pushed the climate conversation so much further, so much faster than anyone expected. Absolutely. Um, and I think there's so much there where we've all been basically been brought up on, it's okay to care about impact. It's okay to be passionate about stuff and drive your career towards it. And certainly, right, I've had the privilege and the luck to do that. Lots of people care, have been brought up with that and haven't had the ability to do that, but we're finding ways to let more of them do so. And we're finding that a lot of people have been leading the charge on that. A lot of people who do not look like me in any way, right? So there's an immense amount of women who have been leading the charge on social issues for a long time. There's an immense amount of people of color who have been leading the charge on these for a long time. And for millennials and Gen Z who are much more diverse generations, to see that, to feel like they have permission to go engage in these spaces as well, is I think so good. 
And it's for us to recognize as people who are running these ecosystems that the big trends that we care about or that we should care about are both more complex, more contextual, right? The, the way that AI or facial recognition or different tracking is going to show up here, but also the way that climate's going to impact things, the way that transportation and jobs are changing um, is something that these, you know, my generation and Gen Z are going to have to deal with whether we like it or not. And so it's for those of us that are running the ecosystems that will empower them to make sure we're aware of those trends that we're thinking about it, that we're pointing at those trends as we're helping them steer the next set of interesting ideas. Yeah. And, and I, I think, you know, every generation is different. And I think um, as long as you could find a way, and I think there's a session going on right now um, uh, with um, Borton Lawson and Pepper Jam, mm -hmm. uh, two local companies, Patrick Emler, who is leading the conversation along with Mara Smith from Pepper Jam, you know, um, and uh, the 11th plug now for Cole Creative behind me, um, you know, there are certain organizations who get it, yep. right? And and they have found a way uh, to really just integrate this amazing culture into their organization. Mm -hmm. And I think, um, you know, that's why they're presenting next door because they have found a way of engaging um, in our young professional network, engaging in strong internship programs. You know, those two are probably over 95% of the amount of converting interns to full-time employees in the organization. So I think, again, that's just part of that discussion. That well, I think I, but important. I think it also speaks to what you've built here with the Connect Conference, right? That you're finding those folks and you're giving them the, ch the chance to shine, right? I think that's, it goes hand in hand, right? They've built amazing things and they've leaned into this. You're leaning into that and saying, we're going to provide a platform that gives them visibility across the state, visibility across a broader audience. And you're the people that we're going to put forward because we care about those pieces, right? It's hand in hand and back and forth. And, and so um, you got to see a lot of hands raised up this morning. A lot of high school students here. Yep. We're so excited today. We have eight different high schools represented in the next two days. It's absolutely amazing. So what, what, what do you want to tell them? What can you, what, what can you inspire them? What, what should you, you know, where should they go from F Dr. Dale? Figure out what you're passionate about. Like there's, there are a lot of problems out there. I like to say there are a lot of, there are enough problems for everybody. Um, <laughs> Figure out what you're passionate about because it's okay. We we have a lot of problems. We need a lot of people working on them. It's okay if it's not the person next to you. It's okay. That's it's not their problem. We need people working on a lot of things. So figure out what you care about. Spend some time doing that. High school is a good spot to do that. I figured it out halfway through college. It's okay. Um, and I just figured it out at, at 41. So well, this no, no, no. This, it can take. I time. just actually quit. I saw Wico after my podcast with Sad. I'm like, I <laughs> would said I'm done. I'm gonna just do podcasts. Right. I but, mean. A lot more very stress free. Well, that's very millennial too, right? Millennial, very into podcasts. I'll just add you to my feed. Be See? good. Perfect. But no, no. For high school, is like take the time, figure out what you want to do, and don't feel like you have to go somewhere else. The, the joy, the amazing thing about the internet, there are lots of negative things about the internet, but the, one of the amazing things about the internet is it gives you access to those resources, people who are posting things on LinkedIn, people who are building online courses, who can aug and and then all of the pieces like Wilkes-Barre Connect that are building things where people are in physical space as well mm -hmm. to say, figure out what you care about and go work on it. The other piece I'd say is Google it first, right? <laughs> figure out whether someone's already doing it. Don't go reinvent a whole organization because it's a lonely life and it's a huge amount of effort to go build the resources to go do something new. If someone's already doing something that's 90% of the way there, go help them. Like we talk a lot about leadership, but we need to talk about followership as well. In a lot of those spaces, people people need additional folks who can help support that in different skill sets. So figure out what you care about. Figure out whether someone's already doing it. Go help them do it. And, and, and that's important. I think, you know, in, in the same vein of MIT, Solve operates. Um, what we do, if you mentioned with our higher eds locally, 
Um, you know, we have just 15 institutions within an hour's drive of Northeastern Pennsylvania here that are just absolutely amazing and, and, and willing to work together. And, and I think it, no better example is to have the Invent Penn State mm-hmm. uh, program and our version of LaunchBox, our Think Center, um, just wrapped in with Wilkes University and King's College, Misericordia University, Luzerne County Community College, and, and, our, and our schools in, up, up in uh, surrounding counties as well. I think it's, you know, just, just an interesting interesting side that's a piece. great point. so um so tonight we're excited got you on the stage yep. no pressure right no I pressure i teach people how to pitch i can probably manage yeah it. all the pressures on, on the 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 folks pitching said right feeling the pressure tonight absolutely so we've got three amazing groups tonight we've got uh said is going to be presenting with schools i've heard a little bit a little bit about this morning uh, i get a chance to meet jen saramboli who's doing studio b which are so excited she's absolutely amazing um, she was actually our spotlight speaker um, down at the Think Center um, uh, about two months ago uh, in our Women's Entrepreneur Series. Uh, and then we have our friend Ian Robson with American Paper Bag. And uh, what you'll learn a little bit about uh, Ian is absolutely amazing. We had a few mm-hmm. dialogue a little bit back and forth a few months ago about him and the product that he's doing. What I absolutely love about Ian is when you look at the bottom of his bag and it says, you know, London, Paris, New York, Sugar Notch, Pennsylvania. Love it. Love it. Not usually mentioned in the same breath, but we're excited that we've got Pitch Tonight working with Ben Franklin Technology Partners. Our good friend Kenna Krepke is co-hosting with, with the Times Leader. Um, but you get the stage to kick off. What What's what's going to be your message? Are you going to motivate? What are you going to do? We're, we're going to do a blend of that. I think you've heard some of that come through in, the, in this interview. But I, I think the messages that I want to you know, ram into people's heads are, are one that, that there are enough problems for everybody. And, and that means a lot of different things. We'll talk about some of that. Um, and the second is that climate matters to all of those problems. Um, I don't really care what problem you care about. Um, I think you should know about climate. I think you should understand how climate's going to affect it. Whether you're going to help solve climate change or climate change is going to make your work harder, you should know about it. Um, and, then, and then third, right, this idea that we need better futures. I think we've We've talked a lot. It's really inspiring to be here because people are telling such a great story about what's happening now and this idea that we're headed towards a better future. I want to know what that future looks like. And so I read a lot of science fiction. I think science fiction is a really good way of understanding some of those trends we talked about with generations. Mm -hmm. And I think that we need some more science fiction that speaks to specific places. There's some of it out there. Um, and, And I want to talk a little bit about how do we understand that that's important, have people internalize some of those stories about the future, understand that, that it's a social conversation as much more than a technology conversation. Yes. Um, and how do we work with folks? Maybe it's co-creative, maybe it's any number of other people here. Maybe it's folks as, you know, some of the students who are writing who can help tell the story of what Wilkes-Barre looks like in 20 years with some of these different tech pieces and with an awareness of climate change, right? I want to see what that aims for because that gives a vision that everyone can can focus on. I think often we have this space of, you know, we know we want a future, we know we want a better future, but we can't build what we can't imagine, right? We have to put it down into words. We have to talk about it and we have to talk about it with as much specificity and as much consensual specificity as possible to bring people in. Everyone has a right to be part of that future. So I want to talk about that too. Excellent. Well, I think you, you just reminded me of, um, you know, we, we, we finally said now the chamber, we've really undergone just a really transformation the past five years. And we like to say now that we now know that the light 
at the end of the tunnel is not an oncoming train. Yep. And I, that is a great feeling. And I think... I mean, um, I, I would say I would actually like it to be an oncoming train occasionally because I'd like some rail service back here. Oh, uh, <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, that works. Okay. But, um, well, for the time being, no. Yeah, yeah. We don't want to get... Uh, Mixed metaphors aside. Yes. Yeah. So I, I think... You know, I think we're looking forward to that. And again, you know, that's part of the vision boards that we've yep. got up. And, and we mentioned it with SET as well. We've got one with Schooled. We've got one with MIT Solve. Um, and it talks about, you know, what if our – and it starts all of them with the what if statements. Yep. That just – No, I love them. I love all five of those different pieces. And, and you look at it and say, okay, what if our community came together to solve these social issues in yep. northeastern Pennsylvania? And so, you know, what we selfishly want to see out of your presentation tonight is – we want people to see that statement and say, okay, I, I, I like that. But then hear how you're doing it yep. and, and and the ability of MIT Solve to really just provide that platform yep. to do that around the world. Um, we're excited. So as you said, it's not just, hey, this is great. This is what we're doing. This is where we're going. Yep. And I think, you know, for us, I think um, really seeing you push that envelope more mm -hmm. of celebrate a little bit, but this is where you need to go. This yep. is where you need the community to be involved. So I look forward to uh, make sure you integrate that vision board in and get. Oh, I will. I will push all those different pieces, and we'll pull a lot of those different things in. It's and all interconnected. So it's it's all interconnected. So you know we're really looking forward to tonight. Um, we really appreciate you being here. You got a chance to not only come to Wilkes-Barre and enjoy the Connect Conference. As you mentioned, you got to spend time with your family. Yep. You're going to be here for a couple of days. So we'll you're going to be Thanksgiving. So it's actually great. Oh, so. you're going to be here until Thanksgiving. This yeah. is this is perfect. We're going to have another podcast next week. So, um, well, no, this is exciting because you're going to not only be here tonight for dinner, we're going yep. to see you tomorrow during the conference. Um, we're going to hopefully see you tomorrow night. Maybe. Yep. We'll see. Yes, at the chamber dinner. Um, so we really appreciate you taking time to come out here. Um, just your name alone means so much to us. And I think I speak for all of us here by saying that to show that MIT um, and, and someone such as yourself would be interested in coming and, and speaking with us. We absolutely love it. Not only speak, but be a partner with us. I, I think we're, we're delighted to be there. I think that's that's where we see our mission as. So this is perfectly mission aligned for us. And I think it, it speaks to the, the mission of Solve, right? That we want to open up the doors and, and make sure that MIT is looking beyond the, the narrow research uh, goals. Excellent. Well, our doors are open here, except in here, because we got to keep the noise out. But sure. yep. um, we welcome you. We're so excited you're here. So, Dr. Alexander Dale from MIT, we appreciate you being here and uh, look forward to hearing your talk later today. Looking forward to it, too. All right. Thank Thanks. you.